Heather, I watch the news and I should never watch the news. It just makes me sad and mad and depressed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you hear what happened recently? Oh, yeah, with the school. Yeah, all these rich people paying for their kids to get into school and pay some guy to like fake athletic scholarships or credentials and like people taking SAT and ACTS. ACTS, is that what it is? ACTs? I guess no one calls it ACTS. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone paying people to take their SAT scores and their ACT scores. No, it's it's ridiculous. Um, first of all, Lori Laughlin paid She's like, Aunt Becky, right? That's yeah, Aunt, Aunt Becky paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars for her daughters to get into USC. Daughters or daughter? Da- at least one daughter. Okay. But let me let me just put this out there. Uh it's USC. They kind of take anybody who's not a complete moron. Is that where you went? No, I went to UCLA Bruins. No, I went to UCLA. I'm a Bruin, so maybe I have a slight bias, but not a huge bias. Uh, maybe. I mean, you know what they say about people who went to USC and UCLA, right? No. They both got into USC. Wait, what? Petty, because they both applied to both schools, but only people go to UCLA got into UCLA. Oh, that's pretty funny. I'm not from here. I don't know all these, like, (laughs) UCLA, USC, North Carolina jokes. There's one like uh, this guy walks into a bar. He says, I heard the funniest joke about USC Trojans. And the bartender goes, hey, that guy over there, he went to USC. And you see those two sitting over at that table, they went to USC. And the guy by the jukebox, he went to USC. And I went to USC. Do you really want to tell that joke in here? And the guy goes, no, I don't want to repeat myself three times. (laughs) These are like my dad jokes. Do you have any more? (laughs) Uh, There's the... What can uh, USC students use their diploma for? What? Uh, handicap parking. <laughs> okay, so in Texas, yeah, this is UT and A and M. Oh, A and M are Aggies, right? Yeah. yeah. So Aggies and Longhorns, you could use all of these jokes and just substitute UT uh, yeah. and Aggies. And I'm sure that's what it is. Same thing. <laughs> I'm sure that's what it is. We just drop it in. But going back to Aunt Becky. First of all, tuition's like two hundred fifty thousand. So she basically doubled her tuition. Yeah, and then Felicity Huffman only paid fifteen thousand to get her kid into whatever school that was. Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, she made a fifteen thousand. I'm a bad donation. person. Part of me is like, oh, I couldn't do fifteen thousand. Like, yeah, seriously. <laughs> somebody this, did I mean, it's wrong. Million. It's wrong, Patty. It's yeah, wrong. It's wrong. It's ridiculous. In terms of college plans for our kids, I know yours haven't gotten there yet to talk about it. No, and we're like not anti-college. We're yeah. just not pro-college. I mean, Chris dropped out and is doing just fine. Yeah. we're uh, Bobby and I both went to four-year colleges. He went to a private arts school. I went to UCLA. But I went to a community college first. I got my two years, my Getsies done. It was cheaper. It was... Your Getsies? I Getsies. It's like the... I don't know what it's called. It stands for. But basically, it's all the, the general, stuff you'd have to... Yeah, it's general, general eds. So it's like the math class you'd I have to I think you're the only the person English. to call them Getsies. Uh, no, that's the phrase. <laughs> the people in the know. The people in the know. So you had to do those anyways at UCLA. I was not, I got married young and my parents were like, well, we're not paying for anything anymore. So that's why my sister waited. Yeah. And then my mom pulled the same joke. Really? The same thing. Of, same if joke. You, same wasn't joke. a joke. My, my mom said, if you get married before college and you're now your husband's responsibility. Yeah. So let's see ya. They're like, we're going to wait till three weeks after graduation. <laughs> And then uh, Bobby was going to a very intensive art school. 
And I opted to work full time as well to put him through college. So I went to community college where I could go my two days off a week to school and take classes from seven in the morning till eight at night and then work all five other days at my various jobs and put him through college. Go you. And then I went to UCLA. and For your last like two years? Yeah. Which and what great. degree did you get? <laughs> a useless one. I got a degree in theater and design. <laughs> All right. So uh, I use that really well. Mine sounds really good. I'm a double major in communications and business with a minor in Spanish. And My dad would say, you can talk about business. You communicate about business in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't use mine either. <laughs> I know. Mine look good, though. Yeah. I mean, mine looks good if you're trying to impress artsy fartsy people. No, not really. <laughs> not even that. Well, it is. And actually, a design degree from UCLA, TFT, is considered a pretty oh, okay. good degree. I don't know degree. anything about that. <laughs> it's considered pretty good. She got defensive. Did you I notice did. that, people? I she did. got defensive. She's like, well, mine is. It is. Okay. I'm just going to put it out there. It I'm just saying that that's a lot of money to put your kids through school. The truth is, when you foster kids, especially kids of a minority, they're kind of going to get their education paid for. Uh, yeah. I'm fearing going, you pay 250000 for your kid. My kid's yeah. a foster kid as well as black. We're going to use that. Yeah. We'll get they'll something. be fine. Look at some kind of grants and scholarships. Uh, and they're female. Yeah. How much cool. would you pay to get your kids into school? Nothing. That's Nobody paid for me. I think people should pay my kids to go to school. <laughs> That's what scholarships are called. See, I think they got it reversed. Yeah. They shouldn't have been paying to get in. They should have them be paying for them to be there. Yeah. I don't believe in this. I think if you just weren't able to make it into that college, you just weren't able to make it. And it's probably a good reason you probably would get overwhelmed by how intense the college is. I did pretty well in my SATs. I was a pretty good student. I still went to community college for two years. I highly recommend that route. There's no shame in it. Especially at these big state schools, it yeah. makes no sense. My school would have actually not done as well. Yeah. Because my school was so small. There's like 1,200 kids on the whole campus. Yeah. That was like that, an apartment. By the time you're south, that is an apartment. <laughs> by the time you're a sophomore or coming in as a junior, like everyone already knows everybody and have been like kind of awkward yeah. and weird. I, but it's a smaller school. Yeah. And a smaller school is a different setting. Like they're, I mean, our biggest class was 30 people. Yeah. So not 400. Yeah. I agree. So I think there's a lot of options out there for people. You know what I want though? I want the option to have the money. Like I just need the 250000 I won't spend it. <laughs> On the school, I'd rather keep it for them to open up their, you know, business or something, you know. Or get them out of jail. <laughs> or get the, yeah, bail bond money. You should be saving for bail bond money. Are you saving for bail bond money? Is there some um, kind of, like, yes. account for that? Can you go to Chase and be like, we would like to set up a savings account for college and another one for bail bond? <laughs> Chris dropped out of school, and his reasoning was he was doing international business, and he started asking the professor all these questions. And by this time, he had already been in the Navy for six years. So he had already went to Turkey and Greece and like all these places. And his family's from military. So he's been in Germany. He's been a around. And he was talking to the guy. And he was like, where have you been? He's like, I've been to Mexico once. And Chris was like, <laughs> you're teaching international business and you've never really been abroad. And I'm supposed to learn from you? He's like, I might as well teach myself then. Because that's basically it. So he ended up getting like Warren Buffett books and some really good books and teaching himself about some business stuff and then learned, taught himself how to program and found himself a job and then worked up. And then now he teaches people how to punch people in the throat. It was a lot <laughs> longer in that story, but still. It all worked out in the end. So with us, we're saving 
but we don't have it in like a fund just for college. Like it's a, it's designated for college, but if they don't want to go to college and they'd rather start up a business, then we're mm-hmm. going to let them like if they want to do something else and that's yeah. fine. Like whatever they want to do, as long as they're a person of integrity and character and they hard, they work hard and try always then. Yeah. It's good. I just get offended at people like your kids may go to a, a four year college. You don't know. And I'm like, but I don't want to push them that way. They don't need to go to a four-year college. They can go to a tech school. Anna does say if she doesn't become a scientist, she's just going to become a plumber. And I'm like, great. Plumbers are going to expect her to make like four hundred thousand dollars in the next yeah. like three or four years. She'll be fine. She'll, She'll be, be fine. fine as a plumber. So I I think that there's a lot of options out there for what you can do post high school. Yeah. I think that any type of education is going to benefit you, but you don't have to go to a four-year college. You don't. You don't have to. Uh, spend a ton of money trying to get your kid into a four-year college. And honestly, Bella's never going to do an SAT. That's going to... That is selfless stress yeah. Andy out. Yeah, she's going to end up being the first person to get like 100 on the SATs. Like, Spell your name wrong? Yeah. Don't. I so, don't know. There's just yeah. a lot of options, but I don't think an option should be paying your kid's way. Yeah. Let's take the silver spoon out. Yeah. Let's raise our kids to be individuals that have character and integrity because mm-hmm. paying for your kid's SAT to be taken for them. Paying for your SATs isn't good morals. It's not. But, you know, those kids are going to end up messed up in so many other ways. So, so we're going to make a vow right now, right here. Yes. And our mother efforts are our witnesses. Mm-hmm. We will not bribe anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no way. To get our kids into First school. First of all, if I have $250,000, I'm buying a vacation home in Hawaii. Bye, kids. I can see you. <laughs> Never. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. So we're not going to do that, okay? Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. You're listening to the Mother Effin Podcast with Patty Crouch and Heather Draguleski. Stress you up with my love. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Heather, I'm stressed. Yep. Yep. Like I feel like I'm more stressed than I have ever been before. Really? Yeah. Because in foster care. You were stressed and there was anxiety around it, Uh but you had no control. Like there was nothing you could do. All you could do was love the kids while they were in your hands and arms. And hopefully the judge wasn't a moron. Yeah. You know, and hopefully the parents got their act together and became safe or the social worker could see through their bullshit and realize that the foster family is the safe space. Like it's all out of your control. You can only clean the house before the social worker comes. You know, mm-hmm. like that's all you really could do. Like there's nothing else. But here, you actually clean the house? Oh, I did. It was, I kind of miss having social workers come because uh, now I don't clean the house. I, I oh, don't like, get me wrong. I still wore my robe. Oh, but was, I, the house was clean. The, when the kids moved in, the first visit with the social worker, she opened the door and the house was just chaos. I had not bathed in days. As she laughed, she's like, because my house was perfection every time she would show up beforehand. And she's like, I love coming to people like you who have their neat, tidy, perfect houses and the first visit because I know it's just going to be like a bomb exploded (laughs) in the house. And it did. And I was like, I don't have it. Do you want anything to drink? I don't even know what I have. I don't think I even have water. I don't I don't know what's going on anymore. And like (laughs) there were dishes in the sink. There was just stuff everywhere. I was so overwhelmed. It was it was okay. Yeah. Ours we cleaned. Mainly, I think Chris. Oh, was it was a Chris thing more than a me thing? I think I just put up a good show beforehand, so when the kids came, I could just blame them. But it's children. I'm with them. Yeah. I give them all my time. Yeah, but it was a different kind of stress. Yeah, it was a different anxiety. And now it's like it's all on me. Mm-hmm. 
So we're going through this whole school, trying to figure out the perfect school for Jackson. So I hate when Chris does this. Like we're asleep, it's midnight. Jackson just woke up, so we're, we woke up. We were fixing him, and and Chris just says, "I think we need to take the girls out of their school." And I'm like, "Wait, what?" I was kind of thinking the same thing. So then I'm up for like two hours thinking, I'm like, what are the other possibilities? What can we do? And then I'm like going, trying to figure out school for Jackson, trying to find him and emailing the IEP people going, I need your recommendations so I can tour them. And I'm touring other places. And then the places that I like are all private schools so that we can't afford. One of them's $34,000. Like I don't even know. In order for to afford that, we have to get a lawyer so that we can fight the school district so that they can pay for it. And so it's like, oh, this is, but there are all these decisions that are so important. Yeah. And that's what I hate about adulting is you have to have these decisions. I don't want to make these decisions. I want someone else to make these decisions for me. That's what I liked about foster care is like in the, in the end, you didn't really parent. You just did the day-to-day love and everyone else made the choices for your kids, which wasn't always the choices or that was kind of sucked but but then you could blame someone else yeah like, that's their fault but i now, had no choice if i choose the wrong school it's my fault it's not the county worker who didn't know any better it's me yeah. i don't like that and there's just three kids and then do we take one out and not the other do, where do we put jackson do we hold them back i want to hold them back are they going to let us hold them back is that even an option to hold them back am i allowed to are they going to get into this new school that's thirty four thousand dollars if they do, is one only going to get into it? And then I'm going to be able to handle both of them? Like, this is what, yeah, I'm no, going to explode. You. I'm going to explode. I mean, my kids have been in multiple schools <laughs> since I got them. Even though I was like, I'm not going to do that because their prior foster home, every time the kids' grades would come in and they would start to fail, the she would move them. Why? Because it was showing she was doing a terrible job as a foster parent because it just, she moved them so much. They were there for two years. And we're at They were in the like, same foster home for two years. Yeah. That was like, you're so lucky. But then it wasn't lucky because they were, they were getting abused there. in the foster home. Yeah. So she would move them around all the time. Like so much that we could not locate all their academic records. <sighs> because even though they were in the same district the entire time. And they would go back and forth to schools. It was How very do you confusing. even do that? Like I don't even... I, I don't know. I, mean, I know you have more of a say than people realize. Like, you don't have to go to your home school. Like, people no. are like, oh, don't you just go to your home school? I'm like, no, you have a choice. If there's another school that you feel is better fit. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, there's all these charter schools and certain schools that have, like, art focus and science focus mm-hmm. and dual language that it's, like, easy to have a reason not to go to your home school. Like, I don't even know who our home school is because we never even tried to go there. You should look into it. <laughs> I'm. You know, it might not be a bad idea. Yeah. So we first put our kids in the homeschool because uh, they came to us. You homeschooled? No, no, no. The homeschool next to us. Like the ones that they were supposed to be assigned to. Oh, I was like, I can't imagine you homeschooling. Oh, God, no. I'd murder them. Heartbeat. Same here. People are like, yeah. well, you, maybe you should homeschool. And I'm like, no, I, I, I would pay for someone to homeschool them. Yeah. But I'm I just, good. I don't have, I mean, I'm dyslexic. What's that with dyslexic? Are we teaching a dyslexic? Like that's not going to work. I mean, it could work, but... I just, I'm not doing it. I, I admire people who homeschool. There's a woman I watch on YouTube who has like nine kids and she homeschools them. And I'm like, God bless you. I could never do it. And one of my good friends does it. And it's her person, but it's her personality. Yeah. It's her temperate. She sure likes it. She does it. And she gets stressed out and there's like little issues of like trying to find alone time and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's her personality. It's not my personality. Yeah. I mean, I don't know phonics. Like I, the more I try to teach the kids, the more I realize I don't know anything. Yeah, I'm trying to t- help the kids with homework and with the fact that 
Bella has such a bad attitude about homework and how I'm totally wrong and math has changed and don't you know math has changed and this isn't how you do math anymore. Yeah, I don't think I could, <laughs> I don't think I could tolerate having to spend all day teaching her. We put them in the homeschool first. The homeschool is like walking distance from our house. It was ideal. It was an elementary school. But we just had to put them there then because school was starting like a couple weeks after they moved in. So you had no choice. I didn't. I didn't know what to do at that point because I didn't have the kids. Nothing was set. I had called a couple schools about enrolling them and like, well, you need all this paperwork. And I didn't even have it. And you probably didn't even know what would be good for them because you didn't even know them. Exactly. You didn't know what their strengths, weaknesses, where they're going to need, what support they're going to need. Like you didn't know them well enough to be like, let's do this art school. Or- yes. So I I took them to the, the regular school and Bobby and I both at that time were working in Burbank. And we had a very rapid realization within the first couple of days, when I go back to work in six weeks, this isn't going to work out. How am I going to get to the school? Like their after school program ended at five. It's like, how am I going to get from Burbank to here every day by five? I would have to leave work early every single day. This isn't going to happen. My husband happened to be working with a woman who's like, why don't you just send your kids to private school? (laughs) And he's like, it's going to be so expensive. And I remember the after school program for the public school. And I'm sure there could have been assistance, but I just didn't know what it was at that time. So they gave us the plan and it was something like $600 a month. Per kid? or Per kid. And I was like, this is insane. And she's like, it's not that expensive. You should just do it. You should blah, 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 blah. You take them to our school. So we went to this private school in Burbank. We checked it out. And they were like, well, we're kind of full. And we were like, well, let's just come take a a tour and just see. And by the end, the principal's like, I'm going to fit them in. I'm going to figure out how to fit this family in. This family's lovely. And I love that school. I still have people I talk to from that school. It is a wonderful, loving group of people. And the saddest thing was having to leave, which I'll get to. But that school ended up only being with tuition because it was a private school, private Catholic school, with Mm -hmm. tuition and the after-school care only $200 more a month than what we were going to pay in after-school program for the three. Wow. And then it was only 15 minutes from where Bobby worked. So if there was an emergency, Bobby could just get there easy peasy. And it was a little bit further from where I worked, but it was much closer than where we lived. So while we were both working in Burbank, we put them in that school. And then we both quit our jobs there. And I started working in Pasadena. And Bobby was working at home. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense anymore. Oh. Because it's just as far. When that happened, we were like, let's move back the kids back to local schools. I went ahead and decided to try to get my daughter into my old elementary school. Funny thing. So a friend of mine from high school, his mom has worked there since like I went there. And she still works there? She still works there. So I get a call from this friend and he's like, hey, I just want to know if you're the Heather Dragulescu that's the mom of an Anna Dragulescu because I just can't imagine there's many of you out there. And I call him back. I'm like, yeah, that's me. He goes, yeah, my mom saw your name on the list. And she's like, that has to be Heather, Heather and Bobby. And I didn't know they had kids. She's getting into the school. Don't worry about the lottery. I already told the principal she has to come here. So we just got in through oh, wow. nepotism. It was very wonderful of her. <laughs> so Anna's going there. And I wanted to separate the kids because the kids got into so much trouble together. Like they would, not with the school, with peers. Mm. So one of them would upset the other one at home and then would go to school and start telling personal secrets. 
because they got upset at home. Tony upset Bella by like not moving out of her way. So she would go to school and tell all his friends how he still wets the bed. And so she, they would shame each other and reveal yeah. personal secrets. It was never fighting with each other. It was always hurting each other by revealing intimate details wow. to their friends. So I was like, all right, I'm going to pull Anna out of this mix. I can't with Tony and Bella right now because they're so close in age. They're one grade behind each other. But Anna's going to an elementary school. Bella and Tony went to the local public school, and it was a rough year. It was too violent for Tony. Like, that's why they got phones. They got phones because Tony was scared every day. And he thought he was going to get beat up. He did get into fights. He got tormented all the time for being small. It was too much for him. I knew I had to switch schools, and I had a friend at a charter. And we wanted to go to that charter originally, but it didn't work out with the schedule. But this year it was going to. And they luckily got in. So Tony and Bella now go to a charter. Charters are great. I think so. I'm much happier that they're at this school because they're very aware. This school caters to families with foster adoption. I remember being the school like psychologist for the first time. And he's like, so Bella's had a lot of therapy. And I said, yeah. And he goes, I can tell because she knows all the things she's supposed to say. He cut through the crap right away. And I really like the school. I'm sad that they haven't, they didn't go there the whole time. I'm glad, you know, it's like this torn thing. Like, I'm really glad we went to the private school because I really love those people. But man, this school would have been good for them. From the beginning. Mm-hmm. But you didn't know. I didn't. You can't beat yourself up for those kind of things. Yeah. So next year, we move. Bella goes to high school. They will be in three separate schools. And you're moving intentionally because of schools. Yes, because Bella's homeschool. She's not getting into any other school. She's not smart enough. Uh, this school <laughs> that's designed that only has 10 kids per yeah. grade, not grade, per classroom, has two teachers per classroom. So that's five to one. It's every single teacher is a special ed teacher because they only take kids who have IEPs because of a you know specified learning disability or mm-hmm. high functioning autism or something of that sort. It's 130 kids in the whole campus. Wow. And it goes through K through 12. It's like super small and everyone knows each other and everyone, I took a tour and they stopped some of the students like, well, why do you like it here? And they're like, oh, because I'm in old school, I was getting bullied. And here, everyone just gets me. I thought of Bella because I was like, she would thrive in this environment because they wouldn't let her get. Yeah. How much is it a year? $34,000. Yeah. But, or you hire a lawyer for five grand and get in. So that's, uh-huh. I mean, that's the route that we're going to possibly take. I was talking to the the gene or director or whatever who was doing the tour and talked about Zandy and her self-esteem. And they're like, oh yeah, because it's all based around comparing yourself to your peers. But if all your peers are at the same level as you are and everyone knows, oh, something's not quite right. Like we're all here because we need extra help and our brains mm-hmm. are different and it's not shameful at all. Then there's nothing to compare against. Like, there's nothing to like, and she's like, her self-esteem would probably skyrocket here. There's a, a school, I think it was actually like fourth through senior that was attached to the therapy location that we took the kids to for therapy. And it's four kids with some of these troubled issues. And we wanted Bella to go, because it is expensive if you pay out of pocket. But if not, you know, if you go that route with the public schools, uh, they will cover it. But the problem with LUSD is they have to show continuous failure. Well, now you have it. (laughs) It's like not enough. Like it's, it's kind of crazy. It's not enough. And the thing is, she passed her classes at the regular junior high and i found out why yeah the teachers first of all the stuff was basic the most basic stuff in the world 
Second of all, I found out if she just was honest about her feelings and said, I don't feel like doing work today, she got an A for the day. And she could do whatever she wanted in the class. Say no. That's so hard to find. There's this, every kid's so different and you want them, their needs to be met in a school setting. And they need to think of the social emotional aspect of it as well, not just reading and writing. The social emotional for Bella is terrible. Well, there's some good therapeutic schools that are like, okay, we don't really care about academics. We're talking about how to get you to be a good citizen in the world when you turn 18 and we'll get you to a par level where you can hang. I'm actually thinking about taking a chunk of money this summer, like saving some up. She's going to kill me if she finds out about this. (laughs) I'm thinking about sending her to one of those wilderness therapy like camps over the summer. It's not a religious one. It's just about learning your own self skills, learning what abilities you have inside. It's very much like it's run by uh, some therapists and a psychologist. And it's about using life-saving skills as a way to build self-esteem. Ooh, that sounds amazing. So they have to like build their carrier first and then they go hike out into the the deserts of Utah and they build their fires, they build their structures. And it's about self-esteem building with life skills, like survival skills to help improve how they feel about themselves. That sounds awesome. How, so, how much does that run? Eh, it's only 10,000. <laughs> Ten. so, oh. uh, I think it's 10,000. It could be more. It could be Just, less. But I, I think they also have different lengths of stay. And I would send her for a month. Be like, you go out there for a And they do stuff with horses and oh, animals. No, it's, I mean, you know. it's a fun thing. It's not just like, let's yeah. whip them into shape, you yeah. know, military boot style. Which somebody suggested because there is a Marine Academy that she could go to this year where they treat them like they're in the Marines. And I'm like, I don't want that. That's I think, just too, I think that's too much. Yeah. They do triggering. arts and crafts in the afternoon. I'm like, what kind of arts and crafts do you do in Marine Camp? <laughs> We're using your Swiss Army knife to whittle a shiv. <laughs> I don't know why. That's what I feel like they would do is arts and crafts. It's just, I we could make, not figure it we out. We make fire starters. Like. <laughs> We're going to braid a basket out of your enemy's hair. <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know what they would do. I'm sure it's great. It's probably highly rated. But I think I'm going to send her to like this wilderness therapy over the summer. If we send her to that and then we send the other two to Vegas to my in-laws, they have a summer camp in Henderson where my in-laws live. And the kids love it. They have so much fun. And my mother-in-law loves it because she drops them off at like 7.30 in the morning and picks them up at 3.30 and they're exhausted for the rest of the day. And then y'all can move and you can get the house going and all that stuff. That would give Bobby and I a chance to like move, not have the kids around, get everything set up and be done. See, I don't know if that would work for my kids though. Like they need to be part of the process a little bit, I think, in order to not be triggered. Like I don't think they would do well Leaving and then coming back to a new house. Oh, I didn't say it was going to go well. (laughs) (laughs) You crack me up because I'm such a prepper of like, okay, how is this going to affect the kids? And you're like, screw it. We're doing it. And then we'll figure out how that affects the kids later. Bulldozing. Listen, I think about how it's going to affect me because when we talk about stress, moving is very stressful and I cannot deal with the kids. Like if I can get them before they all go to summer camp to box up all their stuff. So they'll know. They know they're, they're, they know they're moving now. Like we're going to go hang out up in Santa Clarita where we're going to move to just to look at areas that we're interested in to see where we want to be. And then we know the high school, the district that they kind of have to live in to yeah. go to that high school. So we're going to look specifically in those areas of what we're interested in. Are y'all going to rent or buy? We're going to rent. I can't afford okay. to buy right now. 
Unless somebody um, I'm, I'm wants be, to. I'm going to be paying $34,000 for a school times yeah. two. So there's no way I'm going to be. Yeah, this is why I need I a good public that. school. Oh, we're not. We can't. We can't. We yeah. can't. That's the other thing. All these tours. This was the only tour that. Okay, this is really funny. This is the only tour I didn't cry at. Oh, that's good. And then I realized because every one of those kids was special ed. Like, yeah. So the tour was actually designed for my kids. Well, like all yeah. the other kids, all the other tours, it's all for the neurotypical kids. And yeah. even the girls who are in a mainstream classroom, they get so much support and there's all this other stuff to it that the tours aren't for them either. And yeah. I sit there and it's like, the teacher's like going, and this is a kindergarten classroom and these stories that the kids wrote. And I'm like, you're in my head, I'm like, and Jackson wouldn't do that. And Jackson wouldn't do that. And Zandy <laughs> couldn't do that. And Lexi would flip out about that. Like every single thing yeah. she says. And then she has all the politically correct ways to say it. Like I'd ask about dyslexia. Oh, we have a really great program. And da, da, da. you know, like they know yeah. what to do. And this is the first place that was like, I didn't cry. <laughs> and then I came home. <laughs> And cried because I realized that all of those kids are messed up like my kids. <laughs> so it was like, okay. I, know. I I would love to be able to send Bella to a school where they lower the bar really low for her and just make her a happier, kinder person. She needs a therapeutic school. She does. But I, I was kind of inspired by Cassie saying she got into cheerleading and that really shaped her up. Yeah. The thing is Bella has no hobbies and no desires and no anything right now. But, but it's also what? she's young too. Like, so, I mean – she is. She's just not. She doesn't want to do athletics because she doesn't like being athletic. Well, I she, hate running. Anti-cardio. Anti-cardio. What I like about this district is that they try to mainstream most of their special ed kids in a really good, positive way. And two of the people at this charter school came from that district. And like, it's a great district. It's a great district. You're going to love it. So the schools are very good. And my hope is that because I'm going to send her to a bigger high school, that actually having a lot more kids is going to allow her to find a more positive group. But knowing uh, her, she's going to find the, the worst opposite group. could yeah. like completely. Well, happen. she finds the worst kids everywhere. So, <laughs> who gravitates towards her, or who she gravitates uh, towards? <sighs> I'll tell you, she is my stress right now. She's your stress. Uh, we caught she's she's been banned again from her phone and her iPad, and has to be supervised while on the computer. She was caught texting boys and getting them to video chat with her after midnight so as, as yeah. old lady jackson used to say nothing good happens after midnight nothing good happens after midnight. she had lost her ipad all those privileges last year and she got them back at the first of the year so we're gonna start fresh and she managed to lose them within six days january 6th <laughs> six days later i just thought you're crazy because here's the funny part we were only home where she was around her iPad and her phone on January 3rd. So it took her three days to lose everything again. So I have all this family stress and I have work stress. I actually had a stress dream about my old jobs. Like all my old bosses were in a meeting and I walked in I'm like, I'm quitting the industry. And they're like, yeah, we know you couldn't hack it. And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm having these weird work stress dreams and everything and which then, of course, goes into my comedy. And you would think it would make it better. But when I have stress in my life, my comedy sucks. Like, I'm not... Really? I can't do it. Like, it's, it takes a lot of effort for me to get to what I need to do. Interesting. I feel like the, the more emotional I am, the better my comedy is. 
I can't even think about it. I can't put my set together. I can't come up with new jokes. Mm. It paralyzes you in a certain sense. Mm -hmm. What else stresses you out about comedy? You know, like, am I going to get bookings? Am I going to get uh, another opportunity? Am I going to get another job? Am I going to, you know, did I ruin my entire future by walking away from a lucrative career? Like you, you risked a lot more than I did. I was making no money beforehand and now I'm making no money now. So, <laughs> and I'm not, I don't think I'm as diligent as you or I'm not capable to have the schedule that you have right now with the kids. Um, just because my kids are younger and different needs. So in my head, that doesn't stress me out. Like I don't worry about getting booked or not getting booked or. I probably should a little bit more, so I actually like reach out a little bit more and yeah. then book more, but that doesn't stress me out. I think what stresses me out is that I'm not going to move forward in it. Like I'm going to be the same comic in five years because I oh. didn't have enough time to mm-hmm. progress and like get up and at mics and like do shows and do different types of shows and do different shows other than flappers and you know. Yeah. So that stresses me out a little bit. And then a little bit it stresses me out like what if it does go well? Like how does that look for my family who can't handle it right now? You know, like how does that look if I get booked for a corporate gig, I get paid seven grand to be gone for four days, but then the kids are like horrible when I get back. Yeah. And was it worth it? Like, is it worth seven grand for my kids to be tormented and not able to handle it? You know what I'm saying? Like, don't get me wrong, at a certain point it is (laughs) seven grand. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to fall into the trap of the money is coming, and so I forget that the it's family first. Yeah, which is weird because it's like almost like I'm f- scared of succeeding in a weird way. Like, no, I like, get that. I totally get that. Like, um, like Bella's very excited that I have a manager, and she's like, "Are you gonna be famous? Are you gonna be on magazines?" I'm like, "I don't want that. I don't want to be on a magazine. I don't want people making suppositions about my life and what I'm up to, and talking about how I'm gonna divorce my husband and." cheating and this like would you even want to see that what a terrible thing to have to see and I said I don't want fame I want character work (laughs) (laughs) you know I want commercials I want things like that that's fine and dandy it's not a ton of money but it's good I used to always say I wanted to be the person that invented the paperclip no one knows who they are but they're like buttload rich you know (laughs) I hope so but there's people who invented stuff who got like ripped off and you're just like oh okay well that sucks for you and I don't know what I want right now and I think that's also stressing me out I had for many years a direction and a goal and an end game like I'm gonna take these steps and I'm gonna move into these companies and I'm gonna make these connections and one day I'm gonna get a job offer and it's gonna be this and it's gonna be great you're not good at, at living in the limbo because no uh, because in foster care in the beginning of your life yeah before TPR happens that's all you live in. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's on the kid level of like, are your kids going to be taken away at any court date? Or it doesn't even have to be at a court date. You can get a call from a social worker saying, oh, we're going to move the kids to the aunt in three days. And you're like, what? Yeah. Anyways. Um, well, that's why we only went for kids that were guaranteed for adoption. Because yeah. I didn't want to deal with the stress of not knowing. So that now the stress of not knowing where comedy is going to go. Yeah stresses you out and yeah. now you have this whole new realm because you had to manage have a manager yeah of the acting world <laughs> kind of thing and i'm stressed because i'm a terrible actress 
It's awful. They want you, though. You have a great look. We'll see. You are beautiful inside and out. Oh, it's very sweet of you. Well, if it makes you feel better, Chris says that I can't act because that whole like advertisement we do in the beginning, Chris was like, you're the worst. Why didn't you let Heather do it? Heather's oh. so much better at that. And I was like, well, I thought I did good. I thought it sounds natural. He's well, don't like, worry. He was like, no, 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 it's not. When, he, when we took the photos, don't worry. Bobby's like, look how pad new is so much more expressive. It's so much more. You just give me the same face and da, 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 da. You don't put your body into it. So don't worry. Our husbands are very critical of us and like the other one better. Apparently. Yeah. So I need to get Bobby to come to my shows then and Chris yeah. go to your shows. <laughs> I think I'm just enjoying the ride of where it goes, but it does stress me out of like not, not knowing, just making sure that my family can handle it and that I can handle it. I think marriage with kids and then comedy is hard. Because yeah. I look at the comedians who are like, oh, yeah, I get up every night. I go to all the open mic nights. And then I see, like, they'll post, like, Amanda Cohen post, like, her her uh, schedule for January. Yeah. And there's, like, two dates she's not doing something. And I'm like, <laughs> mine's the reverse. There are two dates I am doing something. <laughs> so it's kind of like, when? But there's just, there's not four other people she's having to yeah. contend with, yeah. you know? So I look at her going, man, maybe that was a route. Like maybe if I did find comedy when I was 23 years old, it would be a totally different scenario. Yeah. You know? But then I'm like, no, I like my kids usually. <laughs> I mean, I love them and I like them normally. And I love my husband. Like I would choose that in a heartbeat over again. So I was like, no, I like my life. Like I, in the end, I look at my life and I'm like, there's really no complaints. Yeah. There's tons of complaints, but there's really no complaints. I think, so I'm kind of going, oh, like, how do you do yeah. that? Because, I mean, you're out a lot in order to make it work. And then to have a Netflix special, you're looking at traveling. And then mm -hmm. if you do get on Conan it, or one of these late nights, your career skyrockets and you're, like, traveling months and months and months at a time. Yeah, I don't want to be a traveling comic. Me either. It's not, it's not a goal in life. I don't know. I usually thrive in stress. So maybe that's why I'm keeping my head above water. I don't strive being this stressful. No. This stressful, I'm going to bed with stomach aches. I'm Ugh. waking up in the middle of the night just having conversations in my head of how to make this work and what to do. Not necessarily comedy, more the school stuff than comedy. Mm -hmm. Comedy is actually like my therapy because I'm not necessarily, I don't have the risk that you do, so I can take it as slow as I want. I just don't want to take it too slow. Yeah. Um, but can I, yeah. Can I tell you the one thing that helps to me to de-stress at the end of the day chocolate no when i Wine? go to bed i go to bed usually before bobby because he's working so hard okay so you go to bed at four and he goes to bed at like at seven like y'all are the craziest <laughs> insomniac people anyway i know i go to bed about one-ish but i'll go to bed and he comes to bed pretty soon after but i often i'm in that light slumber so i'll wake up a bit he holds my hand like i'll be sleeping and he'll take my hand and he'll hold it and I can feel him like rubbing his fingers across my knuckles. And sometimes he'll kiss my hand. But he holds my hand. Aww. And that's better than anything else. Like it's the biggest de-stressor that he loves me enough to just hold my hand. So I that's, <laughs> that's the only thing that's getting me through it. Is if I think if he came to bed and stopped that sweetness, I would be like, oh, shit. <laughs> I've fucked up somewhere.
I lost him too. <laughs> and I better, you know, I better go get a job again. Well, there's so much into that because it's yeah. knowing that you have someone that's fighting with you. Yeah. That's, I don't say struggling with you, but it's like supporting you in this struggle. Yeah. That's there for you a hundred percent. Ah, stress. It's not fun. It's not. Well, everyone, I hope we haven't stressed you out even further. I hope you think, oh, I get stressed out about that too. And yeah, the school system does suck and it is hard finding a school and all this stuff. Like, I hope you relate to our stresses and that we're not crazy. I don't want to be alone, people. <laughs> we're all stressed out. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you to Atlas Oceanic Sound and Picture for letting us use your studio. We appreciate it. Thanks, Mother Effers. We'll see you next time. The Mother Effin' Podcast is hosted and produced by Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to visit us online at mothereffinpodcast.com.